You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. Another week, another topic in West Australian property. I've got Sam Reese from Australian Apartment Advocacy back in the studio again because we had such a great chat last time and I wanted to dive a bit deeper into the purchasing process of apartments. I'm assuming there are going to be a lot more people buying apartments, especially to live in and some also as landlords. Look, it's a bit of a minefield out there when it comes to buying apartments. There are some really good apartment buildings out there. There are some really shocking apartment buildings out there and I think it's a bit harder to identify which ones are which compared to an easy house and land package somewhere that you might be buying, especially one that you might be designing yourself. It can be hard as well to really figure out whether that developer is a reputable developer because it's a very smoke and mirrors industry. There's a lot of marketing material, a lot of fancy photos and 3D renders of apartment buildings that haven't even happened yet. Whereas at least with the builders on a single story house, you can see what they've done. You can go into the display home, see the products that are being put uh, on the table. You've probably seen a hundred of their houses being built before. With apartment developers, it can be really hard to ascertain whether this developer is a good developer with experience. This apartment building is in a good site without lots of different site issues and the quality of that apartment itself will work for you because it is just a very complex complex. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sam Reese, Australian Apartment Advocacy, you're back in the studio. Thank you so much for coming in. It wasn't that funny, but I appreciate it. It was. I love a pun. And you're right about developers because I say, if you're going to go and buy a Toyota, you know you're buying a Toyota. If you're buying a Mercedes, you know you're buying a Mercedes. How do you know that when you're buying an apartment? You want to make sure that you're actually buying the, the quality and standard that you're expecting, right? We quickly referenced the Australian Apartment Advocacy buyer checklist in our last episode. And I'm certainly not one, as everyone here knows, over a hundred and something episodes to spruik anything or sell anything or push anything. But I really think this is a good idea. It's something that I do want people to know more about and I think is a helpful thing. And obviously, you've made it. So, you're going to help us talk us through it today. The whole checklist for the buyer process for apartments. Where do we start? The first thing you want to do is actually ask the developer how long they've been building apartments for, if you can go and inspect any of their finished apartments, if you can maybe even speak to a council of owner or strata manager with one of those finished complexes, just so you can understand, you know, it's all great and good when you go into your apartment and you look at your soft closing drawers and your bench tops, but, you know, do they have the longevity they need to have? Let's say I ask that question, Mr. Apartment Developer, how long have you been developing apartments for and they say well look Trent it's you know I've been doing doing townhouses for 20 years but we want to push into a new space we're really excited about this and this is our first apartment development what do you say back to that? I'd be very scared because apartments are different from any other construction process. You've got to start somewhere though, right? I know that. But then they need to actually then be actually saying, we have only started in the apartment sector, but we've chosen a builder that has been in building construction And that was the question I was going to ask. Yes. What if they come back and say, look, it's our first time as the developer, which is essentially just the money, yes. right? for apartment buildings, but we've chosen Mervac or we've chosen Brookfield or yeah, yeah, a very reputable guys. apartment builder because we recognize that we don't have the experience and we're leaning on them for that and their brand. Yeah. What do we say to that? Well, I would have more comfort if your builder actually has got a lot of experience. But don't forget, you also want to see if there's an architect involved. And if there's a renowned architect, that also helps. Why? 
because they are used to actually understanding the complexity and basically what needs to happen when they're actually you know designing an apartment they need to design an apartment that can then be built and be built in a good quality is this because generally counter to most people's expectations or understanding and an architect doesn't just draw the pretty pictures they also draw all of the working drawings within the apartment as well Correct. And you also want to see who the engineering firm will be, who the fire protection company will be. They all need to be companies that have had a long history in apartments. How do we figure that out? I mean, if you ask most people who's a reputable fire protection company or who's a reputable noise attenuation company or traffic management company, I bet you 9 out of 10 people couldn't even name one, let alone tell you which one's a good one. Yeah, but if the developer tells you, then go and check out their website, right? Ask to go and inspect another apartment that has been built by these kinds of um, builders, right? So you can also go onto the consumer protection website. It will tell you if any of these companies have actually been taken to court and actually have been fined for negligence. There are a lot of big named apartment builders in Perth that I still wouldn't say are very good companies. They've got great brands and you would assume just because I guess you've seen a lot of their work and you've heard their name around town that they're good and reputable. That's not the case always though. Brand is separate from quality, mm. right? How do, we, so, how do we disconnect that? Because just like in the house and land industry where there are big companies I won't name today, the biggest I should say to give you enough of a tip, they're also, in my opinion, the lowest quality builders in Perth. Well, you need to shop around. There's no doubt about it, right? And I know from our research that when people are looking to buy an apartment, they do shop around. So the thing is that you need to keep a bit of a scorecard. Sure, go and have a look at the apartments, but when you actually ask to speak to a strata manager from one of the previous apartments they've built, if that company is not confident, they won't want to give you those details. So follow your gut instinct if you start to see those kinds of responses to your questions. Okay, good point. And that is something that I think most people don't bother doing. They get really overawed by the crane that takes them up to the sixth level that they're probably not even buying on anyway. Uh, The display (laughs) centre that has the fantastic renders of the penthouse house that they can't afford either all the sales reps and the coffee machines and things that make you feel like you're having a great experience it's really easy to get overpowered by that stuff but most people wouldn't ask the hard questions of what else have you developed recently and do you mind if you take me through this place yeah that's right don't get fooled by the glossy you do want to make sure that you actually are digging down because it's actually the construction that actually is going to be whether or not your building stays healthy as i say for example a apartment developer who's been around for 10, 15, 20 years, let's say a Blackburn or a Finney, is it a foregone conclusion that their products are going to be fantastic? Not a foregone inclusion. And certainly what I would do is our research shows that only 14% of people feel comfortable about buying off the plan. And certainly the recent incentives did actually accelerate people at buying off the plan. But what you want to do is make sure that when you actually are asking to sign the contract, that they have to provide you with an acoustic report, they have to provide you with an engineer's report, you know, ask who's inspecting anything below ground. If an engineer is inspecting anything below ground, then that's a good sign, right? Ask for the water membrane manufacturer warranty. Ask for the fire installation paperwork as well. Because once you start asking those kinds of questions, then the developer is going to understand that you actually know what you're talking about. One thing that you brought up in our last conversation was also just the builder's defect warranty as well, being a 12-month warranty. That's super important, as you said, right? Yeah, correct. And if they're not giving us that, we walk walk away. away.
Correct. Okay. Because then they'll change and they'll start providing that 12 months. Can we negotiate the purchase price generally on an off-the-plan apartment? Have you seen it happen? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you still have a lot of buying power once that apartment is finished, especially if the apartment is finished at a time where the market is not so good. So I actually saved $100,000 off my apartment purchase because they had remaining stock and that's the last thing most developers want to have. But there's they'll hate me saying that. <laughs> yeah, there's pros and cons to this. The pro of buying new in a finished apartment building is you can see it. You can see the quality of the finish. It's all done. You can see how full it is. You can get all the lighting aspects you probably couldn't imagine or the natural light, right? But the con is probably that you've got the leftover shitty ones, Correct. right? But mind you, the one I bought overlooks the marina at Port Coogee and the, and the sale had fallen through, yes, right? lucky. So that was lucky. But that's the beauty about buying off the plan is that you do get the pick of apartments, but you need to ask as well. I've been looking at apartments in Como and a lot of those apartments in Como are talking about river views. What they're not telling you is that there's a building that's actually been approved to be built in front of those apartments that will block out your views. Now, I know a project in Applecross in the Canning Bridge had views of the river. As soon as another project was built in front of it and the banks came and revalued those apartments, they lost 30% of their property value because those views were lost. So please check with your council if there's any other buildings that have been approved or are in the pipeline to be approved that will outbuild your view. Are we talking just about a quick call to the planning team in that council? Correct. Otherwise, it'd be pretty hard to figure that out if Correct. you're a lay person. Correct. So do your due diligence because the marketing material will say river views. The sales agents will say river views. They just don't say for how long. Yeah, that's very true. And I guess a lot of views aren't always forever, <clears throat> especially if they're not river or beachfront. Correct. Uh, but you're right. It, not many people would think about the fact that, oh, damn, I've lost the views. But not only have you lost the views, you've lost 30% of the value of your property Correct. as well. Correct. Uh, not many people would also think that the banks would come after you for that. Correct. At the moment, after the Royal Commission, the banks are very, very diligent about revaluing properties when they know, especially if you've lost a view. Back to that negotiation point. You reckon we can actually rock up to the off the plan because it looks like it's the price list that we can't negotiate on. You reckon that we can negotiate on that? Yeah, I would definitely do that. And I'm sorry for all the developers out there hearing this podcast. But at the end of the day, if you can see that they're trying to get to 60%, most developers are trying to get to 60%. If they're at like 49% or 50% and you're going to help them get towards that 60%, that gives you bargaining power. If they have then actually started construction, that also gives you an opportunity to actually add to their sales. What they want to do is basically try and finish that building and be fully acquitted in terms of sales so they can walk away from it and actually have their you know profit have their profit locked in correct you ever see many people negotiate higher spec maybe instead of a better price customization is the way to go you know it was recently i saw an apartment project by finbar in canning bridge sabina they don't like to do customization but that market was insisting on it I saw where they had actually combined a three-bedroom with a one-bedroom apartment, which was great because it gave them actually a formal dining room, which is a novelty for most apartments. Plus, when you walked into the master bedroom, it was like this glorious separate wing to the apartment, which was really awesome. Do you think that's where it's going to be going for a lot of apartment developers in the future, especially when they're having to rely on off the plans and the trying to seek more owner occupiers rather than investors these days or that's where it seems to be going to get the higher prices they need to cater for more of that lifestyle decision autonomy right 
Well, especially in the western suburbs or in premium locations, those people who actually are going to be spending one point three to you know three million dollars on an apartment, they know what they want. They know what they want, and they know what they want it to look like. They want what they want, and yeah. so <laughs> you will abide by that if you want the sale. Correct. One thing we haven't touched on yet in this checklist is strata fees. It's something that you hear, you know, it's always been around as a complication or a roadblock, I guess, to buying apartments. But we've seen apartment purchases where the strata fees might be less than a thousand bucks a quarter to ones that are four or five thousand dollars a quarter. This is expensive living, especially if you're not using a lot of the stuff. Do you want to talk us through those conversations you're having with the developer firstly can you negotiate them secondly what's probably the sweet spot so the strata fees you know you cannot negotiate and what you want to be asking for is a three-year forecast not just the first year forecast because the first year forecast of course is the defect liability period so anything that actually happens during that 12 months is dealt with by the developer and also the builder and their subcontractors so invariably after the first year the strata fees do go up Now, the more amenities that you have, the higher the strata fees. But if you are moving into a complex with 100 or 200 apartments, then consequently, the strata fees actually may be low because even though you may have a great deal of amenities, you're sharing that cost across of all the apartment owners and not just a small number. What's the sweet spot? Sweet spot, I think, is around about the $1,000 mark. Our research shows that most people are prepared to pay up to $1,000 a quarter. But, you know, you look at Elizabeth Key, you know, you know, and, and what are also they the raffles. That I know they're paying $16,000 a year for their uh, what strata they, fees. What do they get for that? What's well, in that one? Well, they have a one? full-time concierge. They have cold store. You know, they've got a lot of extra things that come with the apartment complex. So just check that strata fee. But the good thing about investing in an apartment is that that depreciation you can claim every 12 months. And don't forget, the more common property you have, the higher the depreciation. So my tax return last year, $13,000. Thank you very much. And that was purely from depreciation. Mm, Interesting one. For me, I like the apartment living simply for... Because I've said this before on the podcast many times, I live in an apartment. I I rent an apartment with my wife in Perth, in the Northbridge side of Perth. And it's interesting that we rent an apartment off someone who paid probably 150 grand more for the apartment than it's worth today in a building that was developed by a builder that went bust. We've seen it a lot around Perth. And I guess a lot of the people that benefit from these really nice apartments sometimes are actually the the tenants and you know because especially as the rent has been quite cheap because the owners are paying the strata fees on our behalf they're paying the rates well the strata fees cover the water so anything that's to do with the common property power and all that kind of stuff is covered with the strata fees and also the, the building insurance so you don't need to worry about any building insurance as well so yeah it's all taken care of in that strata fee do we want to be going for apartments that are green solar panels uh shared power technology We've seen that in uh, Luke Parker's Montreal Commons in East Fremantle. Is this the way things are going? As owners, do we want to be part of that and benefiting from that or is it a little bit of a flash in the pan? No, listen, definitely. So Norrup and Wilson in their precinct project have got uh, pods on their elevators 
those pods actually generate more energy than solar panels on the roof. And all of that goes back into actually keeping the costs low for the strata. You can actually also bulk buy your power, and that's another way of actually keeping the costs low for your strata. You will see some car parks where the CO2 fans only come on when the CO2 reading gets to a point where it's actually dangerous. You will see lights that only come on, obviously, when you walk into the complex or into that foyer area. Those are the kinds of extra things that you're looking for because that will keep your strata fees down as well. And uh, electric car powering um, ports, you definitely want to see those because, of course, they're saying in 10 years' time, 50% of the cars on the roads will be, you know, electric cars. And that's what I guess a lot of apartment buildings these days have not catered for is the future. Correct. So you actually want to ask as one of your questions, you know, when you're doing this checklist is how the developers future proof because you want to have with MBN and all those kinds of things, you want to be checking that your technology is not going to be outdated because if it gets outdated, guess who actually pays for it to be upgraded? The owners. Exactly right. And with apartments, one thing I do know about these is every square centimeter is squashed in to fit something in already. So there's not a lot of space for the future when it comes to provisions in the basement or on in common areas doesn't seem like there's a lot of options and that's how i think apartments supersede so quickly in a lot of spaces especially around the city an old apartment that's 10 15 years old nearly goes backwards in value a lot of the time especially when the newer apartments are built next door yeah, but you see nowadays there are companies that will retrofit. Carbon EMT is one of those. They'll actually come in and retrofit and actually put in this new technology for you. And nine times out of ten, they'll do it at no cost to the strata company because, in fact, then what happens is you start to buy the power off them as a company. But just check as well when you're looking to buy if the developer's not locked in any contracts with regards to provision of Foxtel or provision of power because that's when you actually will have to buy from that company and you have no choice. I think with the checklist as well, you want to be asking whether you're buying, you know, when they actually put the square meter space of the apartment, ask if that is strata or architectural. There's a lot of issues around the way that this is represented by sales reps. I've seen two by two apartments that uh, actually 85 square meters be represented as 125, 130 Is there a way for us to probably regulate this in the way that it's represented, especially through RP data that the information is not great when it's on realestate.com or Rewa, it's not always there. How do we make sure we're actually know what we're getting here because it's very often overrepresented? So architectural area is measuring from the middle of the brick to the middle of the brick, right? So you're right. So sometimes then you'll see a apartment actually represented as being sometimes 10 to 15 square meters more than the actual internal floor space. The floor space is the strata area. When you go to sign your contract, the contract will stipulate the strata area. So you must check that, right? Ask the developer or ask the sales agent, is this architectural or strata? There is only, in WA, the only state that does not actually regulate this. Every other state insists that you actually have to only provide the strata in terms of the internal space and not architectural. So that's something I would like to see the state government actually enforce. It just seems like we're a bit behind the times on that, doesn't it? Well, WA is still very embryonic with its apartment lifestyle. If you look at Sydney, 47% of its housing stock is apartments. In WA, it's 7%. Now, you live in Port Coogee, as you said. If you had another opportunity to buy a second home as an apartment, 
Do you have a favorite apartment building or location at the very least where you think is going to be a great place to live in an apartment in Perth going forward? I would actually want to live in the city. That would be my preference. And I would actually like to live on the river because I think my Port Coogee apartment has uninterrupted views of the ocean will never be built out and that I know will be for me a good property in terms of equity growth down the track but you know nothing nicer than than walking out in your balcony and looking out across that expanse and thinking to yourself what am I going to do today you know it's a very free lifestyle and it makes you feel very happy and content so I think if I was going to buy again I'd buy in the city. Would it be in the Elizabeth Key precinct? Then? I wish I could be that rich. Maybe I might marry a very rich man who'll do that <laughs> for me. Well, I would actually consider that the only concern I would have is the water table, concerns with leaks in the car parking area. But if I felt that that building was going to be sound, yes, I would love to live in the Elizabeth Key area. I've stayed in the towers. It's beautiful. I think that with location, obviously, that is going to be such unique development for years to come. One that I've been waiting for years and years, probably a decade now to come up has been the Waterbank one Yes, from Metro Regional Development so Authority. So Lend Lease yeah. is definitely What's going talking. On with that? Well, there's plans for us then to launch that at the end of this year. So that also had to create a one in 100 year flood situation in terms of a plan. What is a flood plan, right? Well, yeah, correct. So there's, a, and engineering wise, it can be done. Look at Dubai, you know, and they built all those towers on, you know, they made those islands yeah, and then the they ocean. built on the yeah. islands, right? So, you know, that's the beauty about engineers is that they're very, very clever and they can do most anything. So, yeah, I think that you'll find that's definitely going to start to get some legs this year, which is very exciting. We actually don't have enough living on the river or the ocean and our research shows that 56% of people would buy on the river or on the ocean if they bought again. Well, that's a very controversial thing for you to say, Sam, because right now we've obviously got some apartment developers in Cottesloe, in Scarborough, trying to get their development applications even on the table and the community pushback in these areas on oceanfront uh, development opportunities has been immense. Listen, Scarborough's done well because Development WA got in there and they actually basically rezoned that precinct. And we did research for two oceans with those two buildings that were going to actually built um, in Scarborough. And 65% of people actually wanted those buildings to go ahead, which is why the government signed off on it. Cottesloe, there's people in Cottesloe who complain about the smell of bread. You know what I mean? Like those people are uptight and they don't want to lose their views. They think that the apartments are going to impact on the actual price of their property. It doesn't. You know, as soon as you look at a price per square metre for any of those apartments, it actually shoves the whole, you know, median price up for that comp- that area. That's right. People so, go, well, geez, if someone's paying $3 million for an apartment here, then the house on 600 square metres is looking pretty good right now. Absolutely. And the thing is, you've got to provide housing choice. And I remember when I started the WA Apartment Advocacy in 2016, there was a 13 apartment project trying to get approval from council next to the train station. The community got up in arms about it and that was what made me realise that there's a 0.005 who say no and there's the rest who say yes. Mm, but the no are generally the loudest. Well, the squeaky wheel, but I'm, that's why I've actually formed the apartment advocacy so we can do our research and demonstrate that there's a lot of people out there who love this lifestyle and want it to be actually provided in their suburb. Okay, so I guess to capstone a final sort of top three for you on the most important three things to check when you're going through the buying process for an apartment in WA. Check that your builder and developer are reputable. 
and that they actually have good experience in you know the apartment market. Yep. Get to actually inspect other apartments they've completed and speak to a council of owner or a strata manager to see if there's been any issues in the longer term. Make sure you've got that 12-month defect liability period and ask them for proof when it comes to acoustic reports, the water membrane, the, the structural engineer, and also the fireproofing. If you can get those three right, the rest sort of fall into place, don't they? Well, that's why we created the kit. There's about 20 questions to ask, so you can actually get that kit free of charge completely from our website, waaa.net.au. Sam Reese, thank you very much for coming in again, mate. It's been a really fun chat again for someone who doesn't know too much about apartment buying but enough about apartment living so thank you very much for your time Uh, i'm sure we'll have you in again to chat soon more about apartments in western australia as it becomes more prolific over the next few years thanks trent thank you for listening to another episode of the perth property show if you've only just joined the conversation you can catch up by heading over to our website perthpropertyshow.com.au subscribing to the podcast or joining our facebook page Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!